So I want you to actually visualize what this house looked like. Because we've heard this story, we know this story. There's a similar one in each of the, the Gospels. In Luke's here, this man, Simon, invites Jesus over to his house for lunch, for a meal. And Jesus comes. He walks in, he sits down at the table. Wherever Jesus goes, there are always people following him. And so, for a situation like this, Jesus would be at the table, along with the host, and the other people that have been invited. And then the people that continue to follow Jesus everywhere he goes, some of them would come into the house, and they would kind of line the walls. These would be men, men like the 12 that followed Jesus and others. And they would just line the walls. Everyone wanting to listen, to hear the stories, the teachings of Jesus. We don't know exactly why Simon invited him there. But I want you to get this mental image of what exactly this room looked like. The only women that would have been invited to be present were those that might be serving the meal. And so here, Jesus is reclining at the table. And we don't know exactly what the conversation is yet. But this woman, who is clearly not serving the meal, walks in. And if you saw Margot this morning, you could tell as she was dressed as the sinful woman that she had this head covering. Because in that point, when its hair would be pulled back, it would be up, and then it would be covered. And this woman came in And she went down to Jesus' feet, crying, weeping, her tears washing, it technically says bathing his feet. And she does this act where after she's cried these tears that are covering his feet, she pulls off this head covering and she lets down her hair and she dries the tears from his feet and she pours on there the ointment and she dries them and she continues to just stay at his feet. Everyone in the room would have stopped what they were doing by this point. All eyes would have been on her because this is not something you do. I was trying to think of something that would be relatable to today's society, to something that would make us uh, be able to understand this just a little clearer. And I think I figured it out. So imagine you're at 
a dinner gathering. And a woman you didn't know at the table begins to breastfeed her child. There's a little bit of discomfort. It's a normal and natural thing to nurse a child. It's also a normal and natural thing for this woman to have hair on the top of her head. Most of us have hair, not all of us, but most of us. And here she is, letting her hair down. It's, it's not some secret that she has hair, but this act of letting someone see it. Women tended to only do this to their spouse during this time. And it wasn't that it was a seductive move. It wasn't. In this time period, when you let your hair down, you were either in mourning or you were expressing some kind of shame. And this woman, whom these men are already talking about, is showing disgrace and shame in this single act. Now this woman, you can tell from her posture, this entire time she never stands. We don't even know that she's there until she's already behind Jesus' feet crying. This tells us a lot about how she views herself, a lot about how she respects Jesus. She bows at his feet. She cries, kisses, pours, dries. She is the only one showing him hospitality. Yet these men are so caught off guard by this woman's hair being down that they can't even begin to see what it is that she's doing, nor can they actually see her. The least of these, this woman offers him everything. The tears in her eyes, the hair from atop of her head, the oil to anoint his feet. I imagine Jesus today would sit there and say, Simon, this is your home. You invited me here, yet you haven't even greeted me, nor have you offered me so much as a glass of water since I've arrived. No water to wash his feet. No kiss, hello, no oil for his head. A good host would offer water to wash the dirt from your feet. A good host would greet him with a kiss to say hello. A good host would offer him oil for his head before he sat down at the table. That's just a customary thing so that you know it was more hygienic. They would offer olive oil. You would rub it in your hands. You would put it on top of your head. And it would mask whatever natural odors your body would have. So that when you sat down to join others for a meal, you would be prepared, you would be ready, you would be clean for them. 
And this Pharisee offers him nothing. This woman washes, kisses, anoints. She welcomes and invites him. She gives him everything, even when others are watching, even when others are talking about her, not just behind her back, but to where she can hear them. I have to ask myself if Simon was even able to truly see Jesus. Was he able to believe in this Jesus? Even if Jesus had said no to his invitation to come to his house, would he have still believed him? Was he doubting? Is that why he invited him? Was he starting to believe the rumors that everyone was saying about Jesus? That he associated with people that he shouldn't? With pagans, with prostitutes? with tax collectors? Was he really just a drunkard himself? Why would he not welcome him officially into his home? Why would he not welcome him properly to his table? Simon hadn't figured it out. Now, I know a couple, no worries, Travis, it's not us. I know a couple that started off their marriage thinking that they could have a perfect marriage. And they had this concept that as long as they responded appropriately to everything that the other one did from the very start, that they could have an example of a perfect marriage. It was of noblest intention. They were very cordial. They followed the path and the status quo and how you're supposed to respond and interact with people. Until one day when one of them just could not take it anymore and completely exploded on the other. And the other one had so much built up, pent in anger and frustration that then they just spewed it all over the first one and they had this ugly huge mess of an argument and after everything was thrown out they were able to forgive each other and talk to each other and communicate with each other and be real with each other it was messy it was ugly but at the end They were closer than when they started. They had a much more intimate relationship getting everything out than following the status quo and what they thought everything was supposed to be. Simon hadn't figured that out yet. He hadn't figured out that this woman with all of her baggage, with her new forgiveness, with everything that was brought up that looked so ugly to him, has made this woman closer in her relationship to God than he will be just going by his path. He hasn't figured it out yet. And he hasn't even seen yet that this woman is a real person. He hasn't figured it out that in many ways, she and he are in the same boat. 
that they are very much alike, even though he tends to think he's very different from her. And so Jesus stopped, as Jesus often does when people are confused, and he tells the story The story of two men that were owing a debt, one large and one small. And Simon asked, and he asked Simon, which was more grateful? The one who was forgiven much or the one that was forgiven little? There's a hesitancy I could envision in his voice. Like, I guess the one that was forgiven much? The technical word there that's used is translated, I suppose. He's he's not even sure of his answer here. He's doubting himself, and I don't know if it's because he's heard these stories of Jesus and how he can turn things upside down, and he's wondering if this is some kind of trick question, or if he had already kind of written Jesus off because here was this these rumors first off of these people that he would associate with and sit with and eat with. And then here he is inviting him to his own house, and who follows him in? This hysterically crying woman that can't stop kissing his feet? This doesn't look good for Jesus. Jesus turns and tells the woman, Your sins are forgiven. The same wording that Luke uses a couple chapters earlier when we're talking about the four friends lowering their paraplegic friend through the roof of this bustling, overpopulated house. And Jesus gets the same response at both. People start asking, how do you have the authority to forgive sins? That's... That's something only God does. Who are you to be able to do this? The one whom a lot was forgiven loves a lot. The one whom little was forgiven loves little. This new sermon series is about coming to the table. The table where Jesus is the ultimate host. Jesus eats at the table with people who are sinners. Those whom he has forgiven much and those whom he has forgiven little. And he treats them all with dignity, respect, and love. Won't you come to the table as we gather today? as Christ invites us. Let us prepare as we sing this song.